Man, oh man, do I have a surprise for you guys today. So today's episode will be the first ever solo episode by me, your favorite Muhua Khan, because Mr. Munir, Mr. Mushu Munir, your second favorite, actually got COVID. Yep, yep. So I had COVID last week. I actually got COVID on vacation in California. So, you know, this man wanted to copy me. He was like, oh, let's go on a little boys trip to Miami. Comes back from Miami, he has COVID, bam, you know? So it's, it's nice that he wants to copy me, you know, and just like follow every single thing that I do. So the man has COVID. The man cannot speak without coughing up whatever he has going on in his body. So I was like, well, actually, he was the one that told me to do it if I wanted to to do a little solo episode and I feel like this episode is very fitting to talk solo on just because I've been very passionate about this topic lately and just you know a lot of trauma came up recently you know how sometimes your brain forces you to forget trauma to kind of protect you yeah well it came back up so I thought I'd share but before we get into it because, you know, once I start talking, I'm going to be talking. You guys know, if you watch my YouTube videos or my TikToks, I can keep talking on forever and ever. I wanted to give a little intro because, you know, we always do that in the beginning. Just a little life update, nothing crazy. You know, I just healed from COVID. Um, I'm not sure if I had it, but I'm like 99% sure I had it because my brother got it and he only could have gotten sick from me. In California so I was probably you know the person that gave it to him but anyway I just got better and I've been in kind of a rut recently right I came home back to New York and I haven't been like back into my routine I don't know if you guys can relate but I feel like when you go on vacation and you come back and there's like a whole different time zone and you kind of have to go back to your normal life you're like, um, I don't really want to do that, you know, because you're kind of used to like vacationing and going on adventures and being at the beach or whatever you did on vacation. So it's hard to kind of fall back into routine. And even before I went to Cali, it was hard for me to be in routine. You know, I'm not waking up at the same time anymore. I was in a creative rut where I didn't feel like making any art or any videos or just anything that's related to me. I didn't feel like cooking anything. I was just eating cup noodles every single day. And I was just very robotic, you know, I was just kind of in bed. I wasn't even tired, but I'd be sleeping. I canceled my therapy appointment. Like, you know, I was not in a good place. And then now I'm trying to get better. I am better. I've been hanging out with friends and I usually I'm an introvert. So I kind of push that off and I don't really, I love being at home. I'm a very big homebody now. I just am very comfortable at home. And so I'm kind of getting out of it. You know, I'm making some foods again slowly. I'm trying to wake up early again. I'm going to the gym after so long. It's been nice. The only thing kind of holding me back is the heat wave going on in New York. But it's been nice to kind of get back into it. So wish me good luck. Also, please pray that Mashnoon gets better soon. Send him some, you know, warm DMs where he feels better. And yeah, so anyway, welcome back to Difficultish, your favorite South Asian podcast. I am Mahua. I'll speak for Mashun and say, I am Mashun, and pretend that he's here, even though he's not. Today, we are talking about a very heavy topic. We're talking about 
emotional and domestic abuse in immigrant relationships and South Asian relationships. And it's a very big topic that doesn't really get too much attention. And trigger warning, if you guys are sensitive to, you know, talking about abuse or listening to anything about abuse, you do not have to listen to this episode. This episode, I really want to talk about our parents and why they went through so much abuse. And I want to talk about my own abuse in past relationships or just one relationship and talk about Bollywood. And I also want to bring light to Sanya Khan, who was a big victim of abuse and actually was murdered recently. That's what, you know, brought upon this topic into my mind. And so if you don't want to listen to that, if you are not able to, we still love you. You do not have to listen to this episode, but I did just want to give that disclaimer beforehand. But yeah, I am excited to delve into this episode. This is my first one without doing uh, doing an episode without Mushnoon. So let's see how it goes. But yeah, I have a lot of thoughts, um, especially recently, just thinking about everything that's been going on in the South Asian community. And I also just want to give out a disclaimer. Obviously, abuse and anything really goes on in every single culture. It is not exclusive to just South Asians. But when I, when I say that, you know, I'm bringing awareness to these things in South Asian families or communities, it's because these topics are not really talked about in our groups, you know, and it is talked about in other groups. And even if it is not, I don't belong in those groups, so I cannot speak on it. So since I am in the South Asian realm, I feel like it's up to me to speak on it. And, you know, it's not me generalizing. It's not me just saying only us go through this but it's just me bringing awareness because it is kind of pushed under the rug so that is my disclaimer because a lot of people are like oh but you know latino people go through this white people go through this this isn't just about you and true but it's still important to bring it up regardless of where you're from right so anyway the first thing that i want to talk about is the recent death of sanya khan okay so if you guys are not aware if you have not seen it on media Sanya Khan was this beautiful 29-year-old Pakistani woman. She moved to Chicago because she got a divorce from her ex-husband. She was starting a brand new life. You know, she had such a promising future with her photography. And she was so vocal about her divorce on social media. And also how she was not getting support from her family because a divorce in a South Asian community is looked down on. But the fact that she had such a long life ahead of her and she does not anymore, it just makes me very angry. So basically, her ex-husband drove 15 hours to kill Sonia. And I know this is a very touchy subject, but the fact that this man did this with no remorse, he did not turn around, he did not think twice about this. He did this and then he shot himself afterwards. And it just makes me so angry. Also, the name of this man that killed Sanya, his name was Rahil Ahmad. And it just makes me so angry that there are so many entitled men that can just take away someone's life without giving it a second thought. And the only people that I have seen posting about this on media are women. And it makes me very upset. I made a TikTok video about this because why is this not... thing like the only people posting about this are women 
and all the guys that say you know not all boys are like this you know not you know it's just one experience you can't just generalize that all men are like this true we're not saying that all men are like this but if you are silent when things like this are happening if all of your boys are disrespecting women and you're silent if you're not an ally when your sisters are getting disrespected if you're not speaking up when your mother is getting hit then you are the problem and you can't just say that since you didn't do this to a girl you're not toxic or you're not the problem if you're not speaking up about simple things like this then you are the problem and it's really frustrating when people say you know after all these atrocities happen conversations are being had which is great you know after this beautiful sanya died conversations are now being had about divorces in the south asian community and that's great but what really is being changed from these conversations you know we're really just saying okay divorce should be more normalized at the end of the day like what really is a problem the problem is that men are not disciplined correctly the problem is always blamed on daughters they're always the ones that are literally insulted for doing what's best for them they're the ones that don't get support when they are doing what's needed for their mental health or for their well-being and it's the fact that they always get blamed where they can't even speak up about these things whereas men are able to get away with it for the most part you know and it, that's that's the problem it's not it's not protect your daughters it's more about educating your sons and disciplining them and if you guys listen to our last episode about toxic masculinity in the south asian community then you know that it's about disciplining them and it's about raising them to be good people and not just you know hiding your daughters from trouble you know and it's just really frustrating because i'm so upset that sanya's divorce was not taken seriously and that her family didn't support her she was very vocal about it it's very brave of her to even speak up about it on such a big platform and she was helping so many other women you know and it's it, it i don't know after i heard her story i really just like went into a episode the whole night just thinking about her life and thinking about how there's so many people like her who has had similar experiences where they couldn't escape you know they were killed or they escaped after so many years of abuse and violence and it just it makes me really upset um on that topic i i just wish that she gets the highest place in jannah and she's able to rest and her family even i'm not obviously i'm not sure about the extent of how much support they gave but beyond like the media and what she posted on her tiktok but i also hope that they get peace on their daughter and you know i i really hope that they get peace but this whole sanya khan um situation it just made me really upset and that's why i wanted to make this episode just because i wanted to talk about our parents and um just our grandparents not mine specifically obviously but like south asian parents in general and why they feel like they have to stay in these toxic relationships um i also want to talk about my own experiences because honestly i haven't shared it with anyone and I feel like it's time after so many years of me kind of bottling it up and not sharing it because I feel like it might help a lot of people to, you know, see if there's any connections or just help people, you know. So the first thing that I want to talk about is why parents stay together 
despite having so much violence in the relationship. You know, I'm talking specifically about the woman or the mothers going through so much violence and going through so much trauma and they feel like they have to stay with their husband, right? So there are a few reasons, right? So the first thing that I want to talk about is how the women stay with their husbands despite them being so abusive because they want to retain the family reputation and they're doing it for the kids, you know? And I've heard this so many times growing up where like my parents were fighting. And also I'm not saying that just because I'm talking about toxic masculinity and violence and everything, I'm not saying that my grand grandpa or like my father were perfect. I'm saying that every single man has their own traits that they can fix. So I'm not saying I'm exempt from this, you know? So when I'm like saying my stories, when I'm talking about topics like this, I'm not saying that my family is perfect. I, you know, want to share the things that we all go through and what I have gone through because it's important, right? So anyway, I have heard so many times, like when I was growing up, um, my parents would fight and me and my brother would listen. We were kids, we're listening, but obviously we're scared. And the mom would always say, we're staying together for you. But at the end of the day, like the kids want you to divorce, you know, the kids want peace in the house and a lot of parents say that they're staying together with their partner because they're they're doing that sacrifice for the kids but at the end of the day at the end of the day it's probably better that you get that divorce because i'm saying i'm saying from my perspective we'll be fine we'll be good we just want you to have that divorce for for our for our sake you know so i don't get that sentiment because like we'll be good just divorce you know The second thing that I want to talk about that relates to the sacrifice is that a lot of women are expected to sacrifice their mental health and have a hard relationship with their partners because that's what the definition of love is. You know, a lot of people expect the woman to suffer and withstand all of this pain because they believe that that's the real definition of love. And that's not true because you should not have to deal with trauma and pain and abuse to show that you're loyal to your partner to show that you love your partner that shouldn't even happen in a relationship you know why would you have to go through all of this shit to show your partner that you love them that there should not be pain in a relationship like that you know and it makes me sad that the more trauma you can withstand the more loyal you're seen in the community or like in your relationship with your husband whatever it is and it just makes me very frustrated that it's kind of like a competition in a weird way it's like oh but I dealt with all this stuff so that means I love my husband more despite him doing all this stuff for me I'm staying with him it's not a good thing and it makes me sad because a lot of women don't know better than that Another thing that I want to talk about, I also made a whole list of this, you know, we usually never script our episodes and we still don't, but I like made a whole guide for me to talk about so that I don't, you know, get tripped up when I'm talking to myself basically. But um, the next thing I want to talk about is how divorced women are kind of seen as used goods and that they will never have anyone else to marry after their divorce. And that's why divorce is or and separation is so taboo in south asian culture and the and the women that are able to separate from their husbands they are so strong so strong it takes so much strength to 
separate from a person that is emotionally abusive or abusive in general and you are so strong and even if you are not able to separate from them because you haven't had you know the courage to do it or you're too scared to do it you're still so strong for withstanding that and you know if you are in an abusive relationship i hope you are able to leave them and be safe but it is so sad that so many women our mother's generation our grandparents generation they were not able to leave their partners because they essentially they would not be able to have a happy life beyond the marriage or that's the thought right they no one else will marry them because they were married before and that's such a traditional mindset that i feel like still is prevalent now in our society because i still hear it with the girls my age you know their mothers are telling the girls our age that if they do go through a divorce they will not find someone that will love them after you know because no one no guy or no respectable man wants a girl that has been touched before and it just makes me so upset that this is the reason that people are forced to stay in toxic relationships because they feel like there's no hope for them after the relationship there's no happiness for them after the relationship even though there isn't even happiness in the relationship that they're in right now for the most part you know oh my god i i just have so many things to say about it and it's it's just crazy how we say that we're the generation that will be different and for the most part we are you know we are very outspoken in this generation but there are still so many things that we have to fix and so many things that we're still carrying on into this new generation unfortunately another thing that i wanted to talk about and why divorce and separation is so taboo in this culture um is how there is no sort of solidarity or i guess like a group that of like divorced women that you can really talk to if you are a woman i I've noticed that a lot of um, women or mothers don't want to tell their friends or anyone that they know about their problems or about their abuse because they feel like they won't get supported, first of all, and they feel like their reputation is going to be ruined because they know that they're going to be told to suck it up or just keep that a secret. And they also have been trained to not show emotions. You know, a lot of our mothers are very resilient and they've been taught to kind of just not acknowledge the fact that they're going through this because they have to cook they have to take care of their kids they they don't have the privilege of just sitting down and understand what's going on right and i feel like since um divorces are so taboo still there isn't like a group setting of women that can talk together about their experience as single women or all the trauma that they went through so a lot of women don't want to speak up about it and share that trauma and they want to act like everything is fine because again at the end of the day it's about reputation it's about competition it's like oh but my husband has this job my husband does this even though you're going through all this trauma you're still trying to make your husband look so much better than he is because you're trying to be more elevated in society which is crazy like it's so sad that a lot of women cannot just be themselves and just speak about their trauma and i noticed that when you are in a toxic relationship like this you feel like you're embarrassed if you do talk about this and you feel like you still want to defend your husband and i've gone through this so that's why i'm saying that it is so common in people of all ages people of all generations 
And it is freaking crazy how it works. And one last thing that I want to talk about about why women stay in these toxic relationships and why they aren't able to divorce or separate is because a lot of women are taught to be dependent on their husbands, right? A lot of husbands, you know, my dad even did this when I was born. Uh, He's not like this anymore, but in the beginning he was. He did not want my mom to have a job. And my mom wanted to have a job. She just was not allowed to. She was a housewife for a very long time until I got into high school. And it's just that a lot of women, I mean, at least my mom was able to have a job. You know, a lot of women are forced to be housewives their whole life because, you know, their husbands don't change their mind and they're forced to do that. But a lot of women don't have that financial independence. They don't have independence in general. They're very dependent on their husband to financially and mentally provide for them and they feel like they can't survive without their husband you know they don't have the the basic skills to survive or have a job that's what they think and it's just very sad because they feel like they have to go through all of this trauma and abuse but since they are putting a roof over their heads it's kind of worth it you know and it's it's very sad that a lot of women don't have the basic skills to survive on their own because they had to grow up early they had to be parents before they were adults and they had to depend on someone else before they could learn about themselves and it that's why i make so many videos about being independent as a brown girl being financially independent because it's so important it's so important you never ever want to depend on another man and Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about for the most part. I also wanted to talk about, I should have said this in the beginning, but just signs of emotional and domestic abuse because a lot of people don't know. Something that I realized is that a lot of girls kind of ignore the signs or they just act like it's not really that big of a deal because, again, like the toxic traits are learned and we kind of follow what we see in our parents' relationship. So if you see toxicity in our parents' relationship, that's probably what we think we're going to have in our own relationships. And that's what we accept, you know? What's that saying that we uh, that was in Perks of Being a Wallflower? It was like, you only accept the love... I don't even remember, but you get what I'm saying. It's like you you think you accept toxic love because that's the only thing you've seen and that's the only thing that you think is out there for you. So these are some of the signs that I've been aware of that I've gone through and that I've seen. So one thing is wanting you to be isolated and not have any friends. So this is when the partner is very possessive over you and they manipulate you into believing that they are the only person that care care about you and they don't want you to have any interaction with people outside of just them because like they make you believe that they are ruining your personality and that they're ruining the relationship between you two and they basically manipulate you into believing that they don't really care about you and it's a very big toxic red flag red flag if you hear that second constantly insulting you so you don't feel competent this is a very big red flag also if they yell at you constantly right this is when they want you to be dependent on them and they insult you so much to the point where it's not even like a like a strong insult for the most part it's very subtle they say it very like slickly in conversation where it makes you actually believe it and they say it in a way where you 
like trust them so much that you start to actually believe that you're not competent and that you become insecure they want you to kind of be under their spell and they want you to be dependent on them which is sick in the head bro it's freaking sick sicky sicko sick sick but anyway the next one is not allowing you to wear or do certain things this is a very big red flag if they feel like they have a say on what you wear and what you do and who you hang out with and just be possessive like a sicko that is a very big red flag i feel like i don't even have to talk more about that just because it is not right a man should never be telling you what to do like you're your own person you should not be like you know those girls you know i hope they get get out of those relationships where they feel like they have to call their boyfriend for every single thing before they do it because they're asking for permission you should never ever be in a situation like that that is not a good sign at all at all and i'm saying all this because i have stories with all of this that i will share um next one is giving you the silent treatment or ignoring you when they're mad or just yelling at you when they're mad a man should never ever make you feel like you did something wrong to the point where they're not going to talk to you and just emotionally manipulate you into talking to them first you know i talked about silent treatment in one of my tiktok videos if you guys want to watch that but silent treatment is not a healthy sign of communicating with your partner or communicating with your parents whatever with your kids whatever it is and that is not healthy do not let anyone give you the silent treatment because it just makes you feel so bad and you're not talking about it in a healthy way you know the next one is gaslighting or making you feel crazy. So if you guys know what gas don't know what gaslighting is, it's basically when the other person kind of makes you feel crazy for having your emotions or feeling something and they make it seem like you're the one that's crazy for thinking that. Please don't let these men manipulate you. It is a very big sign of emotional abuse if they just are not taking your feelings into account and they're kind of just making you feel stupid for bringing it up you know the next one is manipulating you by acting horrible one day and nice one day this is a very big sign of abuse where you know you have one good day out of the whole week with this partner with this person and you have six horrible days with them you know you kind of hold on to that one good day you kind of hope that they will change and since you had that one good day, they'll change and become that good again, right? You'll, you're just hoping that they're going to change. And that is a very big manipulation tactic. A lot of men do this where they'll get you gifts or just be very lovey-dovey one day. But the next six days, they are insulting you. They're gaslighting you. They're cheating on you, whatever it is. So please don't fall for that, please. So those are the signs of emotional domestic abuse obviously not all of them those are just some of the ones that i thought of something else that i want to talk about very briefly just because i was just like randomly thinking about it is how the bollywood movies give us this false perception of love and don't get me wrong i love bollywood movies i like literally thrive off of bollywood movies songs whatever it is so don't think that i'm saying this without like actually loving it first but it's important to criticize, you know, some of the the tropes that we've seen throughout Bollywood movies and how this kind of um, leads to these toxic relationships, abusive relationships, having no boundaries, blah, 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 right? 
So I want to talk about how in Bollywood movies, there are a lot of um, actors. You know, my boy Shah Rukh Khan, my boy Salman Khan, my boy Amir Khan. All the Khans, you know, it's always the Khans. You know, I'm a Khan myself, but am I doing that? No. But all these actors, right? They are kind of like going after this girl and they don't accept no as an answer. If, did you guys notice that in most of these Bollywood movies, if the girl is not interested in the guy at all, the the man will continuously go after the girl and kind of like like make her fall in love with him in like a day because that's what how the timeline works in these movies despite her not being interested but like kind of forcing her to say yes eventually right and that kind of teaches a lot of men that it's okay to keep going after a girl and like try to win her over even when she says no and that's not okay you know we learn these traits from watching these shows and movies and you know being around people and it just subconsciously goes into our heads and we think it's okay but it's really not so it's in Bollywood if you're listening I don't know why you would be but if you're listening please change that narrative it's not really cool and the next one is that a lot of guys do gift giving you know they think that they can win over the girl by getting them luxurious gifts going on trips with them or getting them you know just like stuff and that's kind of like buying their love and I also have a story with that and then the last thing that I want to talk about is how essentially like a lot of these actors are kind of disturbing the girl you know they're literally just like pining for her it's kind of like the first thing but I thought I'd mention it just like pining for her and just not accepting that she does not want to be with you and like this just really just teaches brown males that they can get whatever they want regardless of what the woman says and to not respect boundaries and just all this shit, all of this bullshit. Oh my god, I have so many things to say. Oh, all right. I don't know if you guys heard me, but I just flipped the page because I got a lot of tea on this next page. So I honestly was very unsure about making this episode just because I wasn't sure if I was ready to say any of the stuff that I'm going to say right now. A lot of the things that I went through in my past relationship, this was about um, when I was 19. So I'm 23 now. This was about like four years ago, right? I still am not over it. And like I said, my brain has kind of hid all of this trauma from me to kind of protect me. And you know when sometimes you go through a, a very hard and bad time in your life and it's a lot of trauma and you tell your friends about it and then years later, they're kind of the ones reminding you about what you went through, but you cannot recollect anything. And that's literally just your brain hiding that trauma from you to protect you from reliving this the, these memories, you know? So these memories for the most part are kind of hidden in my brain but sometimes when I see things like what Sonia went through I remember this you know and it's it's very very hard when I start remembering this because it's just it was just a hard time in my life so I want to talk about a abusive relationship an emotional abusive relationship that I was in for uh, a while and just some of the 
things and experiences that I've gone through just in hopes that it will make you realize if you went through it or if you're going through it right now or if it'll give you the strength to leave and just make you understand that this isn't like a past experience. This is still happening in modern day experiences and you know a lot of us are quick to judge women for staying with their abusive partners but there are so many signs that we don't even realize that happen and we just are not able to get out of it and again i've never talked about an abusive relationship i've never talked about this with anyone really i honestly was very embarrassed of it when you're going through things like this it is very embarrassing because you're essentially staying with the person that is treating you like shit absolute shit and you don't want to tell your friends about it you don't want to tell your family about it and again a lot of people can't tell their family about it like a lot of people can't tell their family about it because they know that their family is not going to take it serious they also don't have the the willpower to tell their family because they know that they're not going to take it in a good way so they might as well not even tell them and just you know hurt in silence and so you know, I was very embarrassed about it, but also I kind of didn't want him to be in a bad light in a weird way. Even after going through all of this abuse, I still wanted to defend him, which is very sick in the head because he essentially like ruined my life, you know? And so it's, it's, it's a very touchy subject. So one of the things that I want to talk about is how this man, um, bought me gifts in the beginning of our we weren't even we weren't even together at this point this was around my 19th birthday he made it a show that he bought so many gifts for me he bought me like perfume he bought me something else it was like a hundred dollars worth of stuff which isn't even that much and i it was kind of him guilt tripping me into liking him and he would constantly say like oh but i bought you all this stuff like you know give me a chance like blah 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 and me you know being used to all these bollywood movies and what i've seen in relationships in my own life with like my parents or like with other relationships i thought that gift giving was like the epitome of love i thought that this meant that he was gonna love me forever and that it was such a great sign and it worked you know him him kind of buying my love and i literally did not see the signs because i thought him buying me gifts was such a big deal after that I, it was just like a whole whirlwind, you know? I feel like there wasn't really a honeymoon stage at all, but I remember he was very insecure about the fact that I liked other boys before him. And, like, I was 19 years old. Like, obviously, I liked other boys before him. Like, I had, I didn't meet him yet. And the fact that he was genuinely upset about the fact that I liked other people before him just, like, showed how he kind of put his insecurities on me and since he was upset about that he would constantly constantly guys constantly call me a whore call me a slut just in com in passing conversation and just make me feel bad about having a past and i was trying so hard and i i was trying so hard to retain the fact that i was a loyal person I was a good girlfriend. I was someone that would do anything for their partner. And the fact that he kept trying to make me believe that I was a slut because I had crushes and I had a past 
and that I was this horrible person, even though I tried my best to believe it. But when a person constantly makes you feel like that by insulting you and giving you all of these remarks, you start believing it, you know? His insecurities started becoming me, you know? He started perpetrating those insecurities onto me and I started feeling insecure just like him. And that's like their tactic, you know? They are not able to heal themselves, so they start putting their trauma and their insecurities on other girls and making them weak. And I remember just feeling so helpless because I knew I was not like that. But why was the person that I was with and that I cared for so much making me believe that I was, you know? So that was the bare minimum, you know? We didn't even get to the the, the best parts yet, the best parts of my life. I remember he would get really upset when I would go outside and just like hang out with friends like even if I just went to their house like you know I was 19 at this time if I would go to like bars with them if I would go to dinners with my friends all my girlfriends he would make me feel very upset because he would make me feel like I would cheat on him he would make me feel like there were all these guys looking at me he would make me feel like I was a whore for having fun and after the fact that I realized you know he there was gonna there were there would be constant fights he would be texting me constantly he would give me the silent treatment if I went out I just realized that the best thing for our relationship and for myself is to just avoid all of my friendships you know there was a point where I was not talking to any of my friends I would not tell them anything that was happening with my relationship I would not I would dub all plans I would just not let anyone know where I was and how I was doing because in my head it was just better to avoid conflict and avoid all of these insults and silent treatment instead of just going and having fun and you know talking to my friends about it and at the end of the day like again I felt very embarrassed and silly for bringing up these complaints to my friends and venting to to them because it was like an everyday thing that something new would show up where he would insult me or degrade my friends and call them you know horrible influences on me and it was just it was just something that I would rather keep to myself and that's what they want you to do they want you to be bottled up they want you to have all these feelings to yourself so that you kind of depend on them and you end up having just him as your closest friend because you don't have these close friends anymore you know luckily I had all my close friends after we weren't together anymore and after I finally decided to talk to them about these things but a lot of women don't have anyone near them and close to them anymore because they're forced to just disappear you know and um yeah that was a very hard time in my life because I was really going through it I was really going through it and I could not share it with anyone I remember once I confided in my best friend in college and I told her about everything and I just started crying like we were in the middle of Hunter College in the lobby and I was just crying and I was trying so hard to like hold it in and you know she made me feel very validated and it made me feel stupid for hiding it from her and like other people for so long but that's what toxic relationships make you do you know you just feel dumb throughout it all for hiding things and from your close friends and then I don't know I just I felt very stupid um and isolated from everyone um something else that this man did 
um, he would purposely try to make me feel jealous and I guess try to make me more possessive over him by telling me all of the girls that he was talking to and like all of the responses that he would say or all the responses that they would say to him and I think this was his tactic in making it seem like oh I'm with you I would never cheat like even though these girls are talking to me I'm still with you I chose you and it was a tactic to kind of make me stay with him and make me feel possessive over him and that should not that's not normal you you should not purposely try to make your partner feel angry and jealous by telling them how many girls are like bragging about how many girls are talking to them you know it is not normal and he would just like gaslight me into making me feel like I was stupid for being angry about it because he would look like the savior in the situation he'd be like oh but I didn't even say anything back it's always just the girls talking to me but you know that's not true I don't even know what the truth is at the end of the day because I don't know if he made that up or if he was actually the ones one initiating the conversation it's just it makes you feel crazy you know you never know like if they're just saying that to piss you off and to just create drama and make you more dependent on them something else that he made me do is I started becoming very judgmental and critical of others and other girls because of all the insecurities and because of how isolated I became because of all of his comments and because of our relationship. I started judging other people the same way he would judge me and it made me feel sick to the stomach because I am not a judgmental or critical person at all but all of his insecurities that he put onto me I start putting that onto other people. And when you are a hateful person, if you are going through it in your life, and that's why, you know, haters, when they comment on your shit, they're probably going through it and they're a hateful person or they're a jealous person, they're going to put a hate comment, right? And that's what it felt like. Since I was not in a happy state at all, I was putting all of these judgments on other girls and for like how they dress, for what they did, for clubbing, for whatever it was. And it was because of everything that he placed on me, you know? It makes me sad to even say that, honestly. Um, let me think of another one. I remember he would get really upset when I would post just a normal gym selfie. Me, fully clothed. He would be really upset that I posted it on my, on my story. Even though he would post himself shirtless. But he would get very upset when I would post myself at the gym. And he would claim that I went to the gym only to look at brown boys. But anyways, I remember specifically this one event. It was my 21st birthday. He already convinced me, you know, not to wear certain clothing, not to hang out with certain people, not to drink, all of that, right? And I remember it was my 21st birthday. I was very conservative because of him. He he was very upset at me because I cho- I went on a boat with my friends, you know, my very close girlfriends. One one guy was there. I had one glass of champagne on my 21st birthday. It was free. It came with the boat that I was on. And it was like a complimentary, you know, birthday glass of champagne. And he was so mad that I drank that glass of champagne. He didn't talk to me for about two or three days after that because he was giving me the silent treatment. And this wasn't under the guise of religion. This wasn't him saying like oh I don't want you to drink because of religion 
this was him saying, I don't want you to drink or wear anything or do anything because I feel like you're going to cheat on me because I feel like you don't love me. You know, they manipulate you into believing like your your love for them is not enough because you do these things for yourself, you know? So I had this glass of champagne and he did not talk to me and it's it's it makes you feel crazy because it's like should i not have had fun on my birthday should i not have had one glass of champagne on my birthday with my friends and it's like it just makes you feel stupid you know and i don't know but anyway there was there's one last very traumatic experience that i want to briefly brush on just because this is probably one of the most traumatic experiences of my life and it, it it hurts me that I was just so nice to him for so long and I defended him for so long and that I genuinely thought he would change but I remember there was this one situation where I had enough and I was trying to break up with him I did not want to deal with this trauma anymore I did not want to cry in bed by myself anymore I just you know I didn't want to go through it anymore and I was tired of his empty lies I was tired of get it getting insulted for just existing and I was just done so I remember we were in the car one day and um it was very emotional you know obviously I was telling him that I did not want to be with him anymore you know this was not working it's not a healthy relationship maybe when you fix things and grow up and get therapy and just aren't like this anymore at all maybe things can work but not now you know and I remember he um he grabbed my arm and he I could not get out of his 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 arm strength because he's a very strong person I could not open the door get out of his arm his um reach and I I remember he um it it happened very quick but essentially like I'll, I'll I'll brush over the details but he essentially like harmed himself in in front of me um and um in that moment I was I was very scared because I thought I would be the next person that he would harm and I was so fearful but I thought that to be safe in that moment and also since I had like an emotional connection with him I thought I had to comfort him because he was bleeding and this is like the the hardest and the most scariest like memory that I always think of and it's very hard for me to talk about but I remember just being so scared that you know he would do something to me in that moment and just still staying with him for months and months after that and staying in that car because I didn't know if whatever I chose next would keep me safe and it it's hard but I I um and I remember he after that happened he blamed me constantly for the fact that he harmed himself he would constantly say you made me do this. I did this because I love you. I did this because of you. And that's not normal, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I stayed with him months after that. I 
he always had that scar that I would always be reminded by and he would always bring it up to kind of rub it in my face and blame it on me. But someone wanting their own peace and someone wanting to leave a toxic relationship is not it's not something that should be looked down on, you know? I was trying to do that for myself and the fact that he harmed himself and then tried to blame that on me for wanting my independence from him is just very sick in the head. It's not normal. And um, basically the end of the story of our relationship and what got me to here and to meeting my beautiful partner in crime and beautiful partner in life now he basically cheated (laughs) i laugh at this just because like it's always the people that convince you and make you believe that you're going to be cheating and that they're insecure so they're putting that onto you it's always them who are actually doing the sneaky business on the side and actually cheating um in the background so this man actually cheated and i was so glad to have and like have a a closing to this relationship to get have my way out and so basically after he cheated he couldn't even tell me straight to my face I honestly did not even want him to because thank god I left the relationship and that was the story of me finally you know starting my business becoming very independent just becoming who I am now I honestly think that him cheating and him basically ruining my life was a blessing in disguise because it really propelled me forward and I'm just very happy with the person I am today it's very sad that you know I had to go through all of that trauma and abuse to get to where I am now but I'm glad that it has ended and I also feel very bad this man also says the n-word just a disclaimer he still says it I feel very bad for him I feel bad for his parents I think it is a collective issue that his parents should have disciplined him further. I feel bad for his friends and I question his friends actually for allowing this to happen and for still being close with him and not telling him any different. I think that if you are a a man, you have the responsibility to fix your friends' mistakes, fix what they say and fix yourself, get the therapy that you need. And I'm sharing the story because I know that there are a lot of girls now that are going through very horrible, abusive, toxic relationships, and they just don't know the signs. They don't know how to get out. They feel like they're lonely. I'm telling you right now that you are not alone in this. There are a lot of people that are going through similar things with you. It's important that you find community within South Asian society and Talk to people that have also gone through divorces or separations or breakups, but also talk to your friends. Don't feel like you have to stay dependent on this man. That's what he wants you to do. But open up to your friends and find allyship with your with your sisters and with your with your girls, you know. But yeah, that is my story. I hope that not that you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys aren't enjoying my trauma, but I hope you got something out of it. You know, I it it is very hard for me to share this. This is the first time that I've ever publicly talked about this because, you know, even after all these years, I I never want to wish bad on someone that, you know, a friend that I'm not friends with anymore, an ex, a family member, whatever it is. I never want to wish bad on anyone that I was close to in my life because, you know, they were close to me and I still 
wish the best for them, but these men have to be held accountable for their mistakes. And I really hope that if you know who I'm talking about or if you are the person that I'm talking about, I really hope that these words stick with you and that you learn from your mistakes and you become better and you don't ruin the next woman that is in your life. And anyway, so I hope this story was helpful. I hope me just talking nonsense by myself without Mashun this episode was nice. Please let us know on our podcast Instagram, Difficultish, what you guys thought. <laughs> if you guys liked my solo episode, you know, it would have been nice if he was here and like giving giving us the, the male perspective and just asking me questions. It probably would have been more um, deeper. But yeah, let me know if you guys liked the episode. We also don't have any responses for this episode since I am literally recording this episode less than 12 hours before it's supposed to go up. This is a very spur of the moment. We were actually supposed to record an episode this week on being selfish in the South Asian community. But since everything happened with, you know, Sanya and I've had all these emotions the past few days, I thought it would be best for me to talk about it by myself and also when I'm passionate about it and when it's fresh in my head and I just think it's very important to have these conversations but more than that it's very important to actually take actions against this these things but I think my biggest advice you know since we always do advice at the end of the episode I think my biggest advice is to find comfort in someone close to you or people close to you If your family is not listening to you or they will not listen to you about abuse or whatever that you're going through, try to find comfort in your friends. Open up to them. And it might sound embarrassing or stupid for you to be bringing these things up, but you will feel like you have so much weight off your shoulders when you are talking about these things. And you are not crazy for going through these things if you do go through it. And there are so many signs and it could be small signs but just talk about it you know normalize this don't feel like you have to keep hiding it and suffer in silence i always thought that suffering in silence was a sign of strength i always thought that me not bringing it up to anyone would make me look stronger in people's eyes and i'd always be like that funny laid-back friend but that's really not the case it's never healthy for anyone to just hide their feelings and to pretend like everything is okay. So please confide in people close to you and I hope everything is okay and I'm proud of you and you're strong regardless of what you're going through or what what you've gone through. But yeah, I hope this episode was nice. I feel like I've been yapping for so long, you know. I'm telling you when I when I start talking, I start talking. Mashun told me he was like you know, this episode might be nice for you because it'll allow you to talk by yourself and it'll also allow you to kind of expand on ideas because I have a very hard time expanding on different thought processes just because my mind always like runs around quickly and I also just talk about something for 15 seconds and just like move on. So I hope I did a good job at that. Please check out our Instagram, as I said, Difficult Dish, and you can check out Mashun's Instagram. He'll be back next week, inshallah. Mashnoon um, Munir and my Instagram, Labyrinthav. We're also on TikTok now. But yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you very much. 
and I'll see you guys or you will listen to me next week. Allah Hafiz.